Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The share it with a friend deal. Even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and tonight I'm joined by Laura Bradburn. We are talking about Celtic 1 Hearts now, turned into a hard-fought victory, uh, Laura, for a number of reasons uh, and, you know, it could be quite costly because it looks as though we have come out of that game with three injuries. There were certainly three changes due to injuries. Um, I mean, I was told on Twitter that I need to keep my mouth shut when it comes to uh, talking about what if, because it's exactly what happened. Three important players, they were dropping like flies. 
Yeah, um, it, that combined with the pace that the game was getting played at just made the last 15 minutes especially an absolute nail-biter. Um, I, I can imagine if I'd been at the ground tonight, I'd have been absolutely hoarse by the end of it because there was all sorts going on. It was just one of those really, really fractious atmospheres um, and, and the injuries just didn't didn't help calm the situation down any at all. Um, another just like indication though of where we are with injuries and where that we are with squad depth that you lose uh, a centre back and who you've got to replace him with near Beaton, you lose Jota and who have you got to replace him with Mikey Johnston. Like it's it's just indicative of a massive drop off in quality. And I'm not to to be specific about Beaton there, I'm not saying he's a massive drop off in quality, but he is in terms of for a centre back and um yeah, you know, we always knew December was going to be a difficult period, but we were expecting to maybe see injuries like this and things happen towards the end of that busy period and not at the start. So you kind of worry about where we're going to be by the end of it. Well, we'll work through those three changes because it is all relevant, not only to the amount of fixtures we've got in the month of December, Laura, but also looking ahead to January. We spoke about the um, absence tonight of Cameron Carter-Vickers um, from the comments throughout the, the pre-match and half-time. It was due to a personal issue, so the club haven't given any more information on it than that. Hopefully he is uh, back and doing what he does for Celtic as soon as possible and everything's resolved, whatever that personal issue may be. So the first uh, injury, as you said there, Jota. Now Jota, he gets injured and uh, we spoke about Ralston, we'll come back to Ralston, but Jota gets injured and you think to yourself, well, the obvious choice is Mikey Johnson. Now, we know that Abada can play left-hand side, so can Forrest. So there was a few options, but we bring on Mikey Johnson and let's talk about Mikey. It's time to talk about Mikey Johnson because, you know, there comes a point, and I said this at the beginning uh, on, on the pre-match Laura, there comes a point where you're just saying, right, no, now I want to see performances from this player. And I said that about Starfelt. And I know he'd been out, and I think he played pretty well tonight. Mikey Johnson's one of these players that um, at one point in the season, I've said it's make or break for him. There were three occasions where we are countering, the ball comes to Mikey, it breaks down. Now, that's what his game is. He gets the ball whilst we're countering, he needs to take on his man and then find someone in the box. Three times it broke down when it comes to to Mikey Johnson. Um, I don't want to be too harsh because I don't want to write him off. And I think that we've seen him progressing through the academy and into the first team, Laura, and he showed a lot of promise. He's clearly a very skillful player. But that drop-off in quality, same age as Jota, by the way, that Mm -hmm. drop-off in quality from Jota to Mikey Johnson is, is remarkable. It is absolutely as clear as day. And... I don't think so far I've seen enough of Mikey Johnson to suggest that he's going to contribute a great deal this season. Well, the the question I always ask myself with players like Mikey Johnson is this, is if he was playing for a Hibs or an Aberdeen or a St Mirren, would we look at him and say, we need to sign him for Celtic? Uh, My answer to that is no. And so therefore, if we wouldn't, deem him fit enough to be signed by us, is he, is he a good enough option for us to have at the club at all? And and I don't, 
I think, again, you know, he's had a, a rough time of it with injuries and stuff like that. But, you know, that's all, that's been a constant feature since he broke into the to the first team squad. It's not as if, yes, this most recent injury might have been the worst, but his inability to stay fit in, in any for any great length of time um, is always been a feature and um, then that that tonight where moves were breaking down because of him, you know, I can imagine Ange just pulling his hair out at that. It was so frustrating. And I'm I'm not here to like personally attack the boy or anything like that. My honest opinion is he's just not Celtic class and uh, tonight was about as good an example of that as I've seen. Um, I, I hope he goes on to have a successful career in football because I think... He's definitely good enough for that, but he's perhaps just not at the level that we need. I don't want it to sound as though I am singling him out because we're going to go through quite a few of the performances tonight and we're starting off with those who came in for the injured parties uh, times three. And I have said this before, Mikey Johnson reminds me a bit of Lewis Morgan in his, uh, his build, his stature. And we've seen what's happened to, to Lewis Morgan. He's found uh, a place to play football where he's comfortable, Laura, and he's very effective in the MLS. Mm. And he, last season, he was the most valuable player and he's doing well. I thought yeah. he showed glimpses of that at Celtic, but his physicality wasn't there. And I was expecting Morgan to go and do what Ryan Christie did because Christie took the step up from Inverness to Celtic and didn't hack it initially. And you kind of mm-hmm. thought, well, you know what? He's got a lengthy uh, contract and, you know, maybe the loan deal to Aberdeen will do him good. It didn't only do him good, but he come back having completely physically transformed his body. And I think that there comes a point in the modern day where there is a choice for a player if they want to compete at this level. Mickey Johnson doesn't have it physically. I don't think Lewis Morgan had it for you know, for Celtic on a physical level. And neither did Ryan Christie, but Christie went and done something about it. And, mm. you know, it, it's unfortunate when a player's been hampered by injury, as Mikey Johnson undoubtedly has been. But we're now at that bit where if Jota's out for a few weeks, because we've seen McGregor uh, being out for a few weeks and Kyogo being out for a few weeks uh, already and Starfield, if, if Jota's now in that position, then there is a proper drop in, in standard. I think if we go back to the first injury with Tony Ralston, on the complete flip side, we've brought on a player in Montgomery who I think looked absolutely exceptional today. Mm. He's come in out of the cold, really. Um, and we were talking about Zhiranovic and, and how he would be playing in his preferred position, Laura. But I would focus more on Montgomery's performance. I thought Montgomery was brilliant tonight at left-back. Didn't put a foot wrong. And in actual fact, when you look through that game... And you look at who's been booked, and Montgomery got booked <laughs> in that match, and various Hearts players who constantly, um, you know, gave away fouls all night got away without any bookings. I mean, Boyce basically just came on to kick Celtic players. Um, but Montgomery, let's let's talk positively. Let's talk about the impact of Montgomery. I thought he was excellent tonight. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, he, he, you know, one of the criticisms that he's had a lot of this time that he's he's got into the team is that he's perhaps a better attacking player than he is a defending player. Um, 
I don't think after tonight you can say he's got no defensive ability whatsoever. He, he absolutely does have defen- defensive ability and he showed that tonight. I actually thought the back four in general tonight were, were really, really good. And, um, you know, and Callum McGregor even dropping in at various points to help um, make blocks and stuff like that. They really seem to perform like a unit a defensive unit, which for the first time in a long time is something that I can say about a Celtic team. You know, I can't remember the last time we had a defensive unit. I mean, <laughs> the very fact that uh, Mialbe, Valharan and Baldi just sprung into my mind there kind of tells you where I'm at with that. But um, they, they were they were really fantastic. And, um, and I think especially the fact that um, Ralston could go off, you could switch Juranovic over, you could bring Montgomery on. There was a bit of flexibility there that, you know, for for all we are worried about the depth of the squad tonight, the defence at least proved that you can do a bit of swapping and changing and, and, and still have a good performance out of them. You're right. By the end of the game, it's a makeshift defence, Laura, but there were a few occasions where Hearts came back into it, let's not, Forget they did come back into the game, but they were pressurising that Celtic defence, and and they did work like a unit. I mean, even when we were passing the ball around the back, which is something I've been critical of throughout the season, they did it with a bit of confidence. Even Starfelt, who I don't think is a great passer of the ball, I think uh, looked a lot more comfortable tonight. And I, I would say. I would say this, the second half was probably the most comfortable I've seen him on the ball, like when he was in possession of the ball yeah. uh, in a Celtic shirt. I mean, I, I, I have no criticism of his defensive ability at all. I thought he put in some great challenges tonight. He's willing to throw himself in there and get involved. But like you say, on the ball is where the question mark's been. And as time is going on, he's getting more and more comfortable, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It was a good return. And just at the right time, it would appear, because uh, obviously the other change that we made, Laura, was due to Stephen Welsh. looked like a, some kind of muscle strain. Um, he's played a bit of football this season, has Stephen Welsh. And we've drafted in Beaton. It's a change that we spoke about, isn't it? I mean, we knew that if there was going to be any issue, then Beaton was going to have to step in. The other two non-injured players beyond Cameron Carter-Vickers, are Liam Scales or Urigidi. Now, let's just hope that whatever was wrong with Welsh, he's able to shrug it off and it's not going to keep him out for a few weeks. Because, and again, it's not a, a criticism of Beaton. Beaton is far more effective playing the number six like he has been uh, over the last few weeks. He, he did okay when he came in tonight, but we just don't want to be playing players out of position and that's exactly what would happen if Welsh is out and Carmen Carter-Vickers doesn't come back in so one way or another we want one of them to be fit for our next game on Sunday against Dundee United and um, we're probably going to have a better chance of having Carter-Vickers back Laura Yeah I would hope so obviously um, regardless of um, football and um, loyalties or, 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 or desires for him to play. We obviously hope that whatever the personal issue is, that it's nothing too serious and it's it's solved quickly. But, um, you know, you do see a situation there where he's not been available tonight. Um, we've had a couple of, you know, Starfelt nearly ended up off injured as well. So, I mean, I don't know what kind of position that would have left us in. We're just in a position where, um, we really can't spare any bodies at this point in time. And um, if, you know, one more injury, two more injuries, and we could really be in a lot of bother, I'll be interested to see what they say about um, about Welsh and about Jota, whether it's, 
a precaution that they were taking off where they felt a twinge or whether it's been an actual, uh, hopefully not, but an actual tear in the muscle because, you know, if it's the latter, then this busy period that we've been talking about, they could miss the majority of it and it could, you know, have a big impact on the rest of the season. You know, you're talking about roughly a third of your your league games getting played Mm. over the next six weeks and uh, that's going to have a massive impact on the outcome of the league no matter what anybody says. You're right, and, and the big concern, and there are a few people saying they're concerned at the injuries, and we're hoping they're just tweaks and, and uh, they're back ASAP. The, the concerning thing, if you look at the defence in isolation, Laura, is we are then going to that level of player, which is Liam Scales, fairly untested, Urugidi, completely untested. He's not played a competitive game yet. And Dane Murray, who, when he came in, looked, I thought, really composed for his age and the fact that he was thrown into a European game for his debut. But it's not really time for him, is it? I mean, it's not as though he's been bled into the team. Um, and that that is a, a huge concern. Now, I mentioned earlier on about Montgomery. Um, I'm going to come on to the referees. I'm just I'm going to have to come back on to the referee because he was absolutely abysmal tonight throughout the entire game. Um, Boyce came on for Hearts and basically just kicked a Celtic player every time he got an opportunity. And what happened at the edge of the Hearts box, I'm talking 88 minutes on the clock, he takes Montgomery out, hearts break and almost score. And that's the margins that we're talking about, Laura. So it's right to continually go on about the poor refereeing because that is the outcome. At that point of hearts score, we're, we're talking about dropping two points here. Um, yeah. And Joe Porter makes a very good point. Celtic are looking like champions. You know what? We were in a situation tonight where we were up against it. Um, you know, there's been obviously quite a last minute issue with Cameron Carter-Vickers, who's not, not not started. We've brought in a couple of players who have been out injured in Tommy Rogic and Carl Starfelt. Um, so, you know, you're up against it straight away with that, Laura. And during the game, we get three injuries. So, you know, I think that you're right. Yeah, we are playing like champions because you, you often get the results when you're not playing your best. And we're not relying on last gasp, winners, um, penalties, etc. It was a, a really well-crafted goal by Ralston, who was coming on to a fantastic game before he got injured. But I look at that situation and I think we were up against it. Uh, that is the kind of things that champions do. But in the back of minds, the niggling worry is the injuries. Yeah, the, the the injuries are always going to be a a, a feature of a season. Um, but, but like uh, Joe, the commenter, said there, the, the one thing that we have asked for from Angie's teams is for there to be a bit of grit there, a bit of determination. You know, it's all very well and good going out and blasting six past Dundee or, or St Mirren as we did earlier in the season and, and, and chipping in with a goal here and there when we're already flying. Um, that match against Aberdeen on Sunday, the match tonight against Hearts, they were both very tough matches and we've got through them kind of by hook or by crook. We've... We, I actually thought we were unlucky tonight not to, perhaps unlucky is the wrong word, but I I thought in the first half especially, if we had just created a few more clear-cut chances, we really could have put the game to bed a bit earlier because we really were pressuring them a lot. They they didn't come into the to the game until the second half. Perhaps we tired because of the way we were we were playing so intensely. But um but yeah, I, I was just pleased to see a game on Sunday and a game tonight where wasn't the prettiest. Uh, we didn't dominate 
by any stretch of the imagination in the way we have done in other games, but we've come out of the two games with, with a total of six points and, you know, dropped points against either of those teams would have been hard to take. Yeah, I remember being on with Lawrence, Laura, we were talking about the uh, game where we had the same amount of fouls as Livingston even though we had something like 89% of possession. But we both were penalised uh, on 10 occasions for fouls. And I'm just looking tonight again, and, and yeah, people are going to say in the comments that I'm moaning about the ref. I am. I absolutely am. I thought he was shocking tonight. Um, possession, 69%. Celtic, 31%. Hearts, fouls. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. 12 Celtic, 9 Hearts, 1 booking and it goes to Montgomery. Hearts didn't get a single booking. I counted 7 fouls in the first half, Laura. It just doesn't add up. The figures yeah. don't rack up here. The, I mean, it doesn't. it's not about conspiracies. That's just shocking refereeing. Yeah, I mean, I don't need to tell anybody watching this. I don't need to tell you, but um, Hearts players going out to boot Celtic players is nothing new. You're relying on the referee at that point to to keep it under control and to, and to manage it. And uh, I think it was Amy said in the group chat um, during the game that Haring in particular, and, and uh, I think you were saying Boyce as well, they, they were just two examples of players who really looked as though they were out to um to almost to hurt Celtic players, which you never want to imagine a, a player is trying to do, but um uh, and I would never accuse them of that, but it certainly appeared that way from some of the tackles that were going in. The only encouraging sign that I saw was, you know, obviously the uh, the ref took action against Robbie Nielsen, but again that's going to have very little impact on what happens on the pitch ultimately uh, during the ninety minutes. Um so he showed some element of an ability to to discipline there. Why he couldn't do it with the players on the pitch, I'm not really sure. There's a few uh, points coming through in the comment section, Laura, in relation to a missile that was thrown on the park. And, you know, it, it's one of these situations where we constantly uh, do ourselves proud as, as a Celtic support, as a collective. And little things like this just take the shine off of that, Laura, you know, and... Uh, it, there's quite a few fans uh, come through to mention it. And as I say, it just gives the Celtic fans a bad name. And I mean, yes, it's, it looks like a Powerade bottle or a fruit shoot bottle or something that hits Mackay in the back. But, you know, that's the kind of thing that gets Celtic a bad name and it gets us as a club into trouble. And, you know, it's one of the things that you, you hope would be eradicated from our support, the vast majority of whom wouldn't behave like that. So... It has come through quite a few times, and I do agree with the commenters. It's just one of these things, Laura, that, that gives us a bad name. Yeah, um, there's a bit of me that wants to crack a joke about members of the Green Brigade in a fruit shoot bottle and it not being a surprise, but, you know, given the corner of the stadium that it came from. But uh, you don't know who's responsible for it. You don't know um, what the reason is for doing it. 
the one thing I'm not going to stretch to and say, oh, is this person's not a Celtic supporter? At the end of the day, they paid it to get in to watch a Celtic game. It was thrown from an area where Celtic supporters are sitting. And um, ultimately, it just shouldn't happen. It doesn't matter what you think the justification is for it. Um, it doesn't matter what is thrown, because I saw some people on Twitter try to justify it, saying oh, it was only a fruit shoot bottle or this or that. Really, that's irrelevant. It's a missile and uh, it shouldn't be happening. Uh, if if it's at all possible, I would be trying to search out the person and make sure they weren't allowed to attend uh, Celtic matches for the foreseeable future because it's not just about the harm to the players, um, which is obviously the most important thing, but it's also about the harm to the reputation of Celtic supporters as a whole. As you say, we've got a support. The Green Brigade were doing food banks at the weekend, uh, the match that I was at, the... Um, you know, we've got all the the charity stream that we've got coming up at the weekend. There's always good causes and good um, sort of things being fought for amongst the Celtic support, and we show ourselves in the in the light that we want to be shown so often. But events like that tonight just are are the side of the Celtic support that really embarrasses us all, and um, not the kind of thing that you want to be shown to the world. You know, we, we've got a we've got a situation right now where we've got us very multicultural team uh, players from all over the world with eyes from all over the world watching our club and what we don't want to do is present an image of the club that isn't reflective of, of what the values are and, and throwing missiles like that is is not representing the club in the way we want them to be represented No, you're right uh, we called it out when it happened up at Pataudry, you know, after we scored our winning goal up there, Laura um, and you've got to call it out and you know you're going to have the Green Brigade sitting there thinking, why is our name getting tarnished with us? Because of one individual. Very much like this, the Celtic support saying, why is our name getting tarnished? Because of one individual. So I'm pretty sure they'll root out the individual uh, responsible for that as well. James Forrest, let's talk about James. I mean, we were going on about the fact that we were glad he was back in the starting lineup, Laura. But he mm. had two chances, one in the first half, one in the second half, to really put a different complexion on this game and he should have scored both of them. Yeah. I mean, I, I was really... I was willing to forgive the, the first one where he kind of almost looked as if he wasn't really sure where the ball was going or what was happening when it hit off the post. But the second one, he had plenty of time to pick his spot and he really should have put that away. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that, you know, there's a maybe a certain lack of match sharpness that's there, um, given that he's he's not played an awful lot of football in recent months. But you would hope in the, the weeks and months to come that those types of chances are going to be ones that he's going to um put to bed pretty pretty easily because as I was just saying before the match started in the pre-match coverage, goals is actually something that he's really added to his game specifically in the last few years and it's something that I would love to see him do again. Um those two chances tonight should have gone in and it would have made uh, the game feel a whole lot different towards the end. Do you think it was more of a, a kind of 2 3 nothing game, Laura? Was it more comfortable than, yeah, you know, that, that 10, 15 minutes after the, the spate of injuries knocked on momentum? It definitely did. It gave them a wee boost. Um, I'm not looking at that game saying we were lucky. I don't think we were. I think that we kind of dominated massive parts of the game. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, that kind of margin when you get a chance. And, of course, Mickey Johnson also had a chance. 
uh, he tried to, to score and it ended up going behind Kyogo as well. So we did have chances. Um, uh, do, you, do you think on a night like tonight, it's just that we've not been clinical enough and, you know, it was more comfortable than the scoreline suggests? I think from the general way in which we played and the intensity we played with and the amount of possession we had, it certainly wasn't as close as the scoreline suggests. The only place in which we let ourselves down was the lack of clear-cut chances. You know, beyond... Beyond the goal from Kyogo, beyond the couple of chances that Forrest had, I can only think of maybe one or two other really clear-cut chances that that happened in the game. And to say that you come away from a game with maybe only three or four clear-cut chances is really not enough um, because you're not going to score 100% of those. Uh, You need to be coming up with, you know, approaching double figures in chances for you to say that you can win a game comfortably. So, yeah, I was happy with the way we played. I think we played them off the park at times. I think we had a lot of possession. We we really harassed them and we really pressurised them at, at various points. But the only thing is, that let us down was, was a lack of clear-cut chances. Otherwise, I think we could have run away with it. Yeah. You look at the, the shots that we had, 25 Shots only five on target and thirteen corners, and obviously the possession as well. But um, you're always in the back of mind. You're always thinking, you know, a wee breakaway, uh, a mistake. It always, it almost happened. Hearts almost scored near the end of that that game. I think it's only right that we do focus a wee bit more on two players. I think Starfelt and Roderick both came into uh, tonight's team straight in the starting lineup, Laura, and both for me. Were, were brilliant tonight. Two of the best players in Celtic jerseys. Yeah, absolutely. I thought they were. I thought they were fantastic. To be honest, I I, I actually thought the majority of the team, uh, in fact, the, the entire team really, I thought all performed their jobs really well. I wouldn't say there was a weak link in there. Um, I, I think we just, like I say, needed to create more chances. But you know, if you take any individual player out of uh, out of the 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 number that played, the only one that I would say kind of played below a level was was Mikey Johnson. But um, but apart from that, I thought the entire team really, and they continue to do this as time is going on. They really seem to understand their roles in the team. They understand what they're being asked to do. We we heard Callum McGregor earlier in the week actually mention the phrase the process and trust in the process that Anne just putting in place, and it's certainly something that's coming across in the way that we're playing now. When we when we first started on the range, it, it was, you know, frantic, but in a very disorganised way. Mm. Now it seems to be that there's that same frantic energy, but it it's with a purpose. It's with a it's with a goal in mind. Uh, I don't mean like a goal goal, but just a, a target in mind of of what we're trying to do. Um, and I'm just really encouraged by the way things are going. I'm, I hope that any signings that we go on to make in January to strengthen the squad um, don't sort of interrupt the progress that we've made or interrupt the momentum that we've got and only add to it and I do trust Ange to do that to be honest because based on the ones, the signings that he's made that are definitely his signings uh, he's not really put a foot wrong so far either Yeah, I I think you're right with that and um, I like the look of the other players that we've been linked to that are quite clearly Ange-type players coming in from Japanese football. Now, see, when we look at, at Jota and how effective Jota has been uh, since he came to Celtic, Laura, uh, I felt that he was coming into the game in the second half. We were more down the right-hand side in the first half. 
And I don't know if I've thrown this one out at you so far, but uh, people will be getting bored of me making the comparison between Jota and David Ginola. Um, <laughs> you know, both absolutely outstanding dribblers uh, of the ball, tricky entertaining wingers, they can cut inside, uh, two-footed, they can get a goal. Um, but what we've seen from Jota, and we've seen it tonight again, his best cross of the night was actually from the right-hand side, is the ability to get the ball into the box. But we don't have anybody in there. We don't have anybody in there to get on the end of these numerous crosses that are, are mainly coming from Jota on the left and Ralston, as it happens on the right, is getting a lot of good balls in. Um, and I wonder if Yakamakis was that player that we had in mind to get on the end of these because, you know, Hugo is an absolute magician. We love him. He scores a winner again tonight. Uh, but, you know, getting on the end of crosses and, and out jumping Craig Gordon and, and John Suter isn't going to be his forte, is it? Um, no. Is that another position that we need to, to look at? Because a Yeti isn't going to be that player. You know, we don't have another striker beyond Yakamakis. Well, I mean, I remember... Uh, way back before uh, one of the international breaks, I kind of had the same curse, gave out the same curse as you seem to have been doing with injuries. And I said about Kyogo at the time, you know, we're one injury away, one stuck stud in the grass from him ending up out and us really struggling up front. Um, and then he went promptly got himself injured playing for Japan for for a week or so. Um. And I think we're still in that position. Yakimakis at that time uh, hadn't got up to full match fitness. We've now, a couple of months down the line, seen a little bit more from him and he doesn't appear to be the answer as yet. So, you know, in January, I will be surprised if we don't look to bring somebody in up front because I, I don't see Lee Griffiths coming back. I don't know what his situation is with his, his loan at Dundee um, and there's other reasons why he might not end up uh, playing for Celtic again, but Certainly, we're in a situation where, can you honestly say if Kyogo get injured tomorrow, we've got a, a ready-made goal scorer that can come in for him? I don't think so. And so, with that in mind, you've got to think uh, we need to look for somebody else. Um, and the other thing as well is you, you, you need, if you're playing the tactics we're playing, where you've got a, a central striker through the middle, uh, you need at least three to, to cover for injuries Um and that kind of thing. But those three have to be players that, when called upon, will come in and score. Our three are, are Furuhashi, Yakimakis and Ayeti. Only one of them is likely to score goals for you uh, as things currently stand. Yakimakis, um, it's too early to write him off just yet. But Ayeti, I think, is uh, everybody's aware, you know, his time at Celtic has not been a success and, and he'll be... Hopefully what happens in January is he potentially gets moved on and we get somebody else in who... who you know, hits the ground running in a better way than he has done. No, you're right. Where you're looking at your options, I mean, I'm looking at those options you've just uh, read out there and I would rather play a badder through the middle than a Yeti. Uh, mm. And from what I've seen with Yakimakis, I'm not writing him off yet. But I've not seen enough to suggest that he's going to lead the line for us. Um, uh, there was a couple of substitute appearances in Europe where he seemed to hold the ball up well and he'd done yeah. a lot of that kind of work well. But in terms of a spearhead, I've not seen enough from Yakamakis, when it comes round to Real Betis, Laura, do you think that's the type of game where you're going to give a lot of these stalwarts a rest? Um, and on the flip side of that as well, Mikey Johnson's taking a lot of stick tonight. Is that the kind of game that you give him 90 minutes? You try and get some confidence back into the player? I think if you're Mikey Johnson, you, you would be itching for an opportunity like that. Uh, 
a European night at Celtic Park where you get a chance to go out and start the game and really stamp your identity on the game? Because perhaps for him, coming on as a substitute is something that maybe doesn't work for him. He maybe doesn't get up to speed with the game as quickly as he should and, and maybe starting a game, he would, he would have more of an impact. I would like to see us go with Yakimakis up front against Batiste for, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, although... You know, we conceded goals against them and, and, and they were really, really dangerous against us. I think at Celtic Park we could get the better of them and um, what better chance for Yakimakis to make that impact than for him to start as well? Because the other thing as well is we, we need to remember is it's a dead rubber of a game uh, as much as these things can be and uh, we've got so many other games uh, this month that we really can't afford to be, you know, playing players that we're relying on for more important games just so that we can get a, a kind of pointless win against uh, Betty Sim uh, at Celtic Park. So I would be saying uh, wholesale changes for that match just to give the other players a rest because you're talking about a situation, I can't remember exactly what the figure was, but it was something like three or four matches in, in an eight-day period or something like that that we're play- in the middle of playing at the moment. And you know, most of the players who are going to play at least two or three of those matches are not going to be ones that you want to select against Batiste if you don't have to. The, the plus point as well, Laura, you think back to the dead rubber we had against Lille. We, we brought in Henderson, Hazard, Sorrow and Turnbull. It looked yeah. as though we got at least three players out of that. One, Only one is, is still in the team. Um, but, you know, three or four French players could come in. You might end up getting one um, that you didn't expect. Uh, to, to put in a good performance. So I'm looking forward to that as well because obviously if there are a few players in there that can do do us a turn, we're going to need them over the next few weeks. Um, there's been about 1,200 people tuning in on the post-match, so thank you very much for that. We do appreciate everybody getting involved in supporting a Celtic state of mind. Two things. Um, firstly, yes, that is new merch on the left-hand side. It's not yet on the website because I got back to the studio about 15 minutes before we went live after picking it up. It will be on Axom.net at some point very, very soon. And also underneath the video, you'll notice there's a link to our charity weekender. Um, I said to Laura before we came on tonight, wouldn't it be good if we broke the three grand mark during tonight's shows? And we have done that. So thank you, everybody that has contributed to it. We are raising cash for St. Mary's and St. Alphonsus parishes um, in the Carlton area of Glasgow uh, because they need it. They need the cash. They need the funds. And it's at this time of year that, uh, you know, we come together um, as a fan base to do that kind of work. So I'm really looking forward to the weekend. We're already £3,000 into our target of ten grand. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved in that and in the comment section. And thank you to Laura Bradburn for getting involved and being my co-host on a Celtic State of Mind. Phone companies say they offer home internet. 
But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.